It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vests, two opinions, one based in reality, and one based in what do you bet on Twitter, with music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett. And with me, as per usual, we have Aaron Flottam again. Hey, John, what's going on, man? Hey, hey, uh, did you see the haul of bobbleheads that I got from uh, Sunday's uh, Brewers game against, uh, what team did they play? The Nats. Oh, the Nationals. That's right. I don't I don't know because I spent most of the game wheeling and dealing away my uh, four Hank Aarons <laughs> to walk away from the game with a Hank Aaron, a Paul Molitor, a Christian Yelich, and a Robin Yount. That's pretty fantastic. Thank you very much. That makes me so happy. Like, that is... That is uh... Somebody our our dads watch grow play, somebody we watch play, and then somebody our children watch play. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, no, it's the best too. Like I honestly got missed about two innings of the game just trying to hey, I got a Paul Molitor. <laughs> you want a Robin Yount? <laughs> so the way it worked out, it was supposed to it's two thousands, uh they were celebrating the two thousands and it was funny because they're celebrating the two thousands, so they had uh Ben Sheets there. It was supposed to be his bobblehead night, but it got delayed because the shipment didn't come in. So they had him and Jeff Jenkins there. But who threw out the first pitch on Sunday? Bobby Portis. And when they put all three of them on the big screen, everyone was cheering for Bobby Portis. Anyway, so what they ended up doing is, so the four gates that you come in at Miller Park, they had uh, Hank Garrett at one, Molitor at uh, the other, Yelich at the other, at the front, and then uh, right field had Hank Aaron and left field had Robin Young. So you just basically walked the stadium you know, with with your with your bobbleheads showing, and there were, you know, the people who collect bobbleheads like yeah. shelling out like tw- like forty dollars for a bobblehead just yeah. to get like to like, to hoard up on them because I mean that's four games worth of bobbleheads right there. Yeah, my um, let's see, we went to one last year and I think we got the hater bobblehead, mm-hmm. and it's had the one with the the hair. <laughs> it's not actual yeah. hair, but it's actually it's not statued hair or whatever, and mm-hmm. um. You know, we were just kind of you know handing them to other people. We're like, "Hey, did you want one? Here you go." And then my parents, though, they got two, and they just took them home and sold them on eBay, or at least sold one of them on eBay for right. for something because people give you twenty, thirty bucks for some of those. Well, so and that's like, I, I, I I I took some guff from one of the people who was walking around because I said, "Hey, I got a Paul Molitor. Can I trade it for Robin?" And he's like, "I do it for a Hank Aaron." I'm like, "What do you mean?" And he's like. Yeah, the Hank Aaron ones are worth the most. And I was like, oh, I started off with four Hank Aaron. And they're like, <laughs> what? And then I went home and looked online at eBay. And I'm like, oh, I should have kept. No, I would have not kept the Hank Aarons and sold three of them. I'm, I'm happy that I got four really good bobbleheads. So that's what happened this weekend, John. Anyways, yeah. I would have traded for, for Yount. Yount is, I mean, he's the guy we grew up with. He was yeah. my favorite player. Um, mm-hmm. I still have all my old starting lineups for, for the other 1990s uh new guys who who are out there yeah. um i have all of my old starting lineups which are the little figurines they're like their elbows and stuff kind of move but they're not really like action figure type things they have a stance yeah. they're in basically but right like, and, I, and i love rubbing you but you know that my favorite player is always paul, paul, molitor. paul molitor yeah. so this is awesome like yeah it was it was the best yeah i should have looked at the ones that i traded away though because some of them are better than others i've noticed <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right. Well, anyhow. Oh, and I, and I got four go range. I got rain checks for four Ben Sheets bobbleheads whenever they come in, too. So there we go. Ben Sheets kind of underappreciated. I mean, the guy's a gold medalist, was the best mm-hmm. player on that team, him and Doug Benkavich. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then having Ben Sheets for so long and him kind of, I mean, you, people remember CC Sabathia, but man, Ben Sheets on that team was we, so we good. Do, I was talking to that with somebody who was sitting next to me who was very knowledgeable about baseball, uh, sitting up in the chief seats. Uh, ben Sheets and Kerry Wood, very similar career arcs, and makes you appreciate Roger Clements even more for lasting as long as he did because three very similar pitchers. Kerry Wood and Ben Sheets couldn't keep it going as long as Roger Clemens did, probably because Roger Clemens was juicing and whatnot. But um, the way they threw the ball, I mean, how many games did Ben uh, Sheets miss because of blisters on his fingers because of how hard he gripped the ball? I don't know. He also kind of played through injuries that playoff season, too, and that probably actually took years off his career. He lasted longer than – no, I'm sorry. Kerry Wood was there. I'm thinking of Pryor. Pryor's the guy who lasted, Mm -hmm. like, two great seasons and disappeared because Dusty Baker – kill starting pitchers no no ben shoots and carry woods very similar carry what i get v- big, very the, similar power pitchers but he went to being Texas. a bullpen pitcher then he was a he came out of the bullpen he was a relief pitcher later though and then ben sheets mm-hmm. never did that right yeah that's an interesting comparison yeah mm-hmm. now we'll get into this now thank you everybody for joining us again this wonderful week uh we have some things to get into i don't want to take up uh, too much more time but i'll remind you that um we are on twitter all of us. The show itself is on Twitter at Scotty Johnny Pod. You can follow me at Not So Humble Host, and you can follow Aaron on Twitter. I believe, right, Aaron? What's your Twitter address? John, I am at Cheddar Talk at Cheddar Talk, and it's turned into more of a me posting live shots from Miller Park recently. So I would fun. like to continue that trend if possible. Yeah, I'd like to. Post I love live, more- I love live games. I forgot how much I love live games. I'd it's like to best. post more live shots of me at Lambo, but nobody's giving yeah. me the you know that opportunity to make sure I'm in Lambo uh, for all the games. But uh, I would love to do that. That would be great. Yes. <laughs> all right, everybody. We're going to get right away into the uh, part of the program that we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. All right, so the first thing we start off with, just because we always do if we have it, is Packers. Now, Aaron was was busy. He was out with this. He didn't get the chance to see uh, you know, the Packer game so much this week or go back to it at this point. And, Aaron, what are your feelings about uh, the nor, nor preseason? do I care. There we so go. I'm, tra- I, I'm treating uh, preseason, especially preseason nowadays, uh, as I do regular season basketball, NBA basketball. I don't care because it really doesn't – it's basically – the fight for eight positions, and that's it. So, I mean... And it got I, I, way less interesting in the fact that the Packers had 32 players not dress. Like, right. come on. what? It's, this week, too? Because yeah, the first week, it was, 30 it was like week. 30 players, too. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, you don't see any of them. It's not like back in the day when, when we watched and they had the Bishops game down at... Bishops game, right? Down at Camp Randall? Uh, the Bishops game, and then there was the... I think that one was in Green Bay, but then there was also the... Um, uh, the Shriners game. I think that was the one. Shriners in, game in Camp in Randall. Randall. Yeah, I mean, and game two of the preseason, it was usually a dress rehearsal where you would have the starters play like two series and you could actually see your starters play. Now yeah. no one cares. And the third the only game thing is the big one where usually you play your starters to the first drive of the second half. But I don't know right. if they'll do that this year because they just aren't playing Rodgers. And, no, they're not going to. And which is kind of it's, it's interesting. It's interesting seeing a, a wide receiver wearing number eight. That's different. Yeah. I mean, yeah. for I mean that that I find a little bit interesting with know. Amari Rogers out there coming out of the backfield. It's 
it's, yeah, he's, it's, it, it's a difficult thing to see, like when you're so used to the pro game, not having odd numbers coming out of the backfield, like you'll get a 99 coming out of the backfield in college or a <laughs> kicker number 99. Who's yeah. that? Who's that? Uh, uh, who's that? Uh, r- uh, robust uh, kicker. The Badgers had for a couple of years here. Um, oh, you mean Rafael Gaglianone? Yeah. Wasn't the, he 99? I don't, know, I don't think he was 99. Nortman, who played for Carolina for a while, the punter, he had, I believe he was 99. Yeah. And he had the best start ever. Like, you know, they do the announcement for the players and they have their yeah. video up there. And normally, like, the linemen are just, you know, showing both guns or crossing their arms yeah. and stuff like that. Um, Nortman started with his back facing the camera in like a white shirt. And then yeah. he would turn around and rip the white shirt off like a WWE guy. Yeah. And then there'd yeah. be his Jersey underneath it. And he's just screaming. I was like that, that my friends is a punter. That's amazing. <laughs> Look at this guy. It was the best. <laughs> Fantastic. So no, 99 is a good number for a punter. I like it. Um, but uh, Fantastic. yeah, no, it's odd seeing the numbers. That That's all I got away. Uh, I saw like a quarter and a half of the first preseason game. And that's all I got out of it. It was weird seeing a, a single digit receiver coming out of the backfield. We got uh, so 25, we got 25 pass attempts from, uh, from Bankert, you know, so it's like, yes. all right. Uh, Kurt Bankert. I mean, this, this is the thing about the preseason that is maybe the most, frustrating part um just the the absolute way that people fall in love with every backup because now people are like oh yeah Ooh, bankert i mean is love's job in trouble you're like no no, no not, not at all, at all. <laughs> not, not, at all. <laughs> not one bit <laughs> and then people are like "Ooh, he's probably we could probably trade him he's better than a lot of teams twos you're like i don't know yeah. Yeah. And Bears fans fawning over Fields, who could be just fine. He could be great. I mean, I don't know yet because here's the thing: everybody forgets for some reason in the preseason is, first off, it's stupid and doesn't matter. It's a practice, right. and secondly, nobody is disguising anything. Nobody is hiding oh, yeah. their blitz. Nobody's Fields, hiding Fields their is, coverage. Fields was lucky to walk away from that game the other night. You see that shot he took? That was a very dirty hit. I don't care what team yeah. you root for. That was not a clean hit. He came. He was face to face with him. Still, the still at the same time though, man, that kid's got to learn to look right before staring left and not. I mean, <laughs> like what? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, was... like he never once looked to that side. Like that, that's and that's his I mean, open not, side. Not, too. not to take away from the fact that it was a dirty hit, but like that dude had nothing. Like it was yeah. just a straight line shot at him. Like, I don't yeah, know. it was. You got to watch yourself, or you're going to get hurt. Not yeah, it was weird because it was coming from the right, and he's you know he should have seen that. Uh, he's right-handed. It's not like he's a left-handed yeah. quarterback and got blindsided. Like if a quarterback gets blindsided, you're like, oh, that sucks because he couldn't see it coming and his lineman didn't say anything, you know, or wasn't loud enough to alert him that he's going to get burned from the backside. He's a right-handed quarterback and was looking at that side of the field, but was yeah. staring so hard to the left that he, this, yeah. Anyway, we'll see. I, I mean, he's a is, rookie. He'll figure yeah. it out, but he, um, he will. Yeah. He, but a lot of people who are like, oh, I mean, great. I hope he doesn't so figure it out. I really don't. I would love him I not to because it's yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I hope he gets traded to like the Colts and then figures it out. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like that's the big thing is you just look at it and you say like, yeah, he's got all the tools. Ryan Leaf had all the tools. Um, let me think of any number of other players who had all the tools. Tim Couch had all the tools. Oh, Tim uh, Couch had all the tools. Yeah, Tim Couch was amazing. Go watch his college play. That guy could really play. And he went to the Browns as their first overall pick after they were reformed and they destroyed him. 
Um, oh, David, David Carr, Carr had thing. all the tools. David Carr got sacked so much that he couldn't. He was afraid to drop back in pocket. He it was he was in his own head, in his own head. Like, and he'll be the first one to admit it. Yeah, and everyone's like, "Well, you got to start him now." Like, he could be a guy like Watson or Mahomes. You're like, Mahomes sat a year, buddy. He's like, "Well, he didn't need to." I'm like, his coach disagrees, and his coach has been in two Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. And some guy who got mad at me is like, "Oh yeah, well, Watson started." I was like, "Not the first game." You know, he mm-hmm. came in after Savage wasn't that good, um, and then he tore his ACL after six games. I was like, "Yeah, well, Watson started right away, and so did Dak." I was like, "You know what's happening?" And they're like, "Those coaches disagreed with you." I was like, "Those coaches." aren't NFL head coaches anymore. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Both those coaches have been fired. Fired. So, yeah. I was like, okay. Um, well, I mean, even just like, uh, who was the kid that uh, we took in the second round? Same year, I think we took Jordy. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, the Louisville Brom. The, Louis, the Louisville quarterback. Yeah, Brom. Brian Brom. Brom. That guy had all the tools, too. Everyone thought he was the second coming of Brett Favre. He even looked like Brett if, Favre. If he'd have sat and waited a year or two, he probably could have been very good. But he really, really wanted to start it, start it right away. And he went. He got the opportunity to come off the practice squad and go to Buffalo. Took it and ruined his career. I mean, he got right. to start a game, but it ended his career by not waiting. And a number of quarterbacks, like, you have the tools and you get going into it too early. And it can just absolutely ruin you. I mean, Brunel was the same, probably the same way. I mean, he waited he sat yeah. long enough here. Yeah, and he ended up being a very good, serviceable quarterback. Questionable moves with his money and real estate after his career was done. <laughs> but hey, he's not alone in that. So there's, no. there's plenty of that going around in the NFL. Uh, I don't know. Big things here. Um, you you feel rough. I mean, like Zach Wilson threw all over the Packers. He was nine of eleven for 128 yards and two touchdowns. But at the same time, again. All the quarterback numbers look a little better in this because you're not disguising any coverage. You just aren't. Right. The importance of it is is building that relationship. And, I mean, Zach Wilson seems like he's got a very good relationship right now with Corey Davis. And, uh, you know, they, they've got a couple things going. They're still going to be bad. I mean, don't get me wrong. That team is going to be bad this year. But mm-hmm. he could be interesting. Uh, we'll have to see if they ruin him this year <laughs> in the next year. Right, exactly. I was going to say, are we in? Are we in danger of the Jets actually having their first good quarterback since Vinny Testaverde? Yeah. Um, running game. I mean, we didn't see Aaron Jones like we said. No, almost nobody played. Yeah. Um, uh, AJ Dillon had four carries for twenty-eight yards. He looked pretty good. I mean, he was running through mm-hmm. people. He looked good when he's out there. Well, four, carries for t- four carries for 28 yards. That's a seven-yard average. I'll yeah, take nice. that. Looking yeah. good. Uh, Hill, sounds Hill. Like, Hill sounds like he's been playing good. Exactly. I was just saying, like, Kylan Hill, he had seven carries for 29 yards. I mean, he's playing with none of the starting offensive line. But, right. you know, he did okay. I mean, he looks like he's he's a decent guy to be in the back there. Um, I think Dexter Williams well, is just gone. I mean, I don't think they keep more than three, right? Right. Well, and on top of it, too, it's like you just got to be able to – you know, I love Jamal Williams. You were teasing us, teasing me during our draft the other day that I hadn't drafted Jamal Williams yet because I'm <laughs> I'm a big Jamal Williams guy. It was sad to see him go, but he had to get paid by somebody, and it's too bad he ended up on Detroit because he's going nowhere with Detroit, I bet you. But just because yeah. it's Detroit, um, but basically you just have to be able to fill that spot that was Jamal Williams. Now AJ Dillon is going to be the number two running back, but Hill has to be the kind of running back, you know. He looks kind like kind of what Jamal Williams was a good receiver out of the backfield, yeah, he does you know, that. quick runner, stuff like that. And 
you know, they're, they're running two running back sets, you know, like two halfback sets a yeah. lot. And this, I mean, whether we want it to come or not, it's going to come because Matt LaFleur was brought here to run an offense. Aaron Rodgers just happened to be here. Yeah. And we all thought two years ago, Aaron Rodgers was done. Remember that before last year, it was questionable as to whether or not Aaron Rodgers was going to be done or not. Me and you probably didn't. Me and you I were both. Done. But I mean, it, it was questionable. It's like Aaron Rodgers is probably done. Let's bring in Lafleur. He's going to run this offense. This is the offense that we're going to see. It's the San Francisco offense. So you're going to have running backs. You're going to have crossing uh, wing backs and all T backs and H backs and W backs and you know lots of motion and stuff like that. Um, no, it's, it's good. And, yeah, it's a brilliant offense. It is added. Um, a lot of stats to to Rogers' career here at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it's a, he's a very good play caller, and the and the um the offense is well set up. Oh, and if there's any question about whether or not Aaron Rodgers and Matt Lafleur get along, um, obviously they do. It's completely front office stuff with Aaron Rodgers at this point. So those uh, it seems like uh, Lafleur and uh, Rodgers seem to get along just fine. Um, and that's probably the reason why Matt LaFleur stayed so quiet about everything this offseason, too. Yeah. Because it wasn't his fight. You know, LaFleur is a, a smart dude. Yeah. That dude's going to bring a championship to Green Bay at some point. Like, he's he's <laughs> smart. Across. He's really good. I mean, a lot of it depends on if we ever get the right defensive coordinator. But uh, um, we'll see. No, LaFleur is a smart guy. And, you know, it's he's dealing with what he has, and he's doing a good job with it. Uh, the Packers continue to build weapons, get continue to build a great offensive line. I mean, just when you thought, oh, shoot, we're out of offensive linemen, they've all left, or Blog is gone, and you know everyone's leaving. Oh, here's this new kid. <laughs> that seems to be doing really good. You know, it's... Uh, Myers it, looks it, very good they, out there. He looks very confident. What's that? Myers looks good and confident. Runyon played fairly mm-hmm. well. Um there are several guys who have been playing who are not going to make this team on that offensive line, but still, they got a little. Bit I want Runyon to be like his dad and be like a ten-year starter at right tackle. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, some guys who look good and it doesn't matter. Like Dexter Williams did okay. Patrick Taylor had a nice game in the second half there, and it doesn't matter. He's not making this team. He just isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, man, Malik Taylor really finding a way to make sure he can make this team. Uh, Begleton had a couple nice plays, but that's going to be rough towards the bottom half of that that uh, receiver's room there because, yeah, you've got yeah. Begleton and Taylor. I think Rodgers makes his team because of where he's drafted and all that and what they right. put you into can't, him. You can't dump a third-round um, draft pick, especially yeah. since Cobb since, since is going to be gone next year probably, you'd, you'd expect. Yeah. And you got Adams and Cobb and MVS, and you're like – then you're like, okay, that's, so, so there's three. And you say, um, you know, Amari Rogers makes this team. That's four receivers. And how deep do you want to go? Uh, if you're going to take six, then you're saying, okay, that means St. Brown and Taylor and Begleton are looking at two spots. And yeah, that's a, that's a rough room to, and Funches too. You're like, okay. Yeah. How do you keep him off this team? He looks well, so good last thing, it's, it's I, I think, uh, I think Begleton is, uh, He's an odd man out here. It's going to end up being that way. And I, for one, would keep uh, Taylor over top of St. Brown just because Taylor has shown yeah. promise. And yeah. St. Brown has been nothing but disappointment since the whole the time. Injury, yes, yeah. he was injured. I get that. He was injured the yeah. first year right off the bat. And that stinks. But it's just been, I don't know. 
I, I think I think the ship's run its course with St. Brown at this point. If he hasn't yeah. stepped up and like gone above, like is making huge moves at this point, go with the next guy at that at, at this juncture. So, yeah, I think they're right too. I, I mean, like I think Malik Taylor's looked very good. His route running's been nice. He's he's caught what's thrown to him for the most part, and I don't see at this point. I mean, and I'm not seeing every practice, but he's looked very good. So mm-hmm. he's not going to start. I guess- but he can get some playing time this year, maybe. You know, and I'd hate to say it too, but I think the Packers are going to keep Funchess. A, first of all, he's a proven wide receiver, NFL wide receiver, even though he took a year off. But two, mm-hmm. get some use out of him because they've paid him for two years now <laughs> and he hasn't done a dang thing on the field yet. Like, I mean, that'd be my take on that one. Like, yeah. we're going to get some out of Funchess, you know? So, yeah. I mean, last year... It's, it's not, it, I'm not blaming him for not playing last year. I'm just saying, oh. like, at this point, it's like he's been on the team now for over a year. I don't know if they actually paid him for last year, though. I think that he got when the, you he opted got the out. COVID, there was the COVID pay. Like, okay. they had to pay him a certain amount last year. Okay, but but yeah, not what so. his salary, I don't think. So, yeah. Okay. And Funches is a proven NFL wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I mean, has he been an all-star? No, but he's a dependable NFL wide receiver, which. Yeah, you don't need him to be another all-star. You need him to be your third or fourth guy. Right. Okay. Um, in basically any other Packers news, there's already been some more roster changes. We just saw um, Josh Jackson sent away for um, Yadam last time, uh, basically just swapping cornerbacks with the Giants. But now uh, Packers cut Kamal Martin, which is fairly surprising for a guy. I mean, he started games for the Packers just last year. Seemed like a promising rookie, and he's cheap because he's a fifth-round pick. Uh, you had him under contract for another two years after this year, right? Or no, his fifth round would be a, is it a three-year deal? I have to double check it. But yeah, like, that sounds that sounds right. Three years. Uh, I think yeah, I think it's. Good. I know it's four years with the option on the first, and then the other. I think second and third were at least four-year deals. So I have to double check what the CBA says. I, yeah, I don't memorize all of it. Right, but I mean, like they had him under contract for a couple years here, and you just. Yeah, it's weird to me, I guess. It just tells you that he's not doing enough or he has not improved. Or something's wrong. Like we talked about in the pregame, too. Like I said, you know, the standard was set by Devin Funches as to what it takes to get cut off this team (laughs) with his comments. But so basically, one thing play is a different thing. I, I know. But what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is that if, if there was, you don't know if it has to do with play or not. Maybe he did say something in the locker room, or maybe he said something to somebody. You don't know about these things until two years later when it comes out in the wash. Like you don't know if you know if something happened behind closed doors. You don't. Uh, other things too. It's like you said. I mean, you said he started last year. I mean, unless he came in like really slow or overweight or something like that. I mean, it has to. I mean, for, like you said, for a dude who is a you know had a lot of promise cheap you know time left on contract for him to get cut something had to have happened or there's you know something's up something that they're also saying something something smells fishy here you know when i'm looking at the packernews.com um i don't see who's writing this so i can give tom silverstein or you know he's got this up there too and he's saying yeah, some of it just might be he'd hurt his knee at Minnesota. Like, he did not play every game his senior year. Right. And then, I do remember that, actually, now that yeah. you mentioned that. Yeah. yeah, and then apparently he hurt it early in camp and missed the the uh, Houston game. 
or at least some of the Houston game here and whatnot. And he didn't, he got back in this week, but you know, only had several plays. I'm trying to see what he had uh, 27 snaps on defense and 11 on special teams. I guess my thought is, and I've seen this from people I talked to it over at Acme Packing, is you know, if he can play special teams, it's hard to get rid of a linebacker like that. But mm-hmm. um, he's not out playing these guys, and he wasn't on the field enough in camp to likely get people. He got hurt on a one-on-one pass drill on August 3rd and missed six days and the entire Houston game. Uh, so, yeah, mm. um, it, it's an interesting it, I mean, that almost feels like one of those ones, like, I don't know if it, it's something deeper than that or what, because it feels like you throw him on the pup list then, right? Maybe. I don't know what else is going on. If he's just not getting better and he's just hurt and you don't think that knee is going to get better, that mm-hmm. they don't know what you do with the, the roster spot. You just say, you know, it was worth a try and then maybe move on. But the, either way, he's just been cut. They didn't yeah. They didn't trade him. They didn't send him anywhere, which likely means there's just nobody else really looking for him. Um, but they cut him before the actual cut day needed to be done. So that's one thing, too. I wish we could trade with CFL teams. That'd make things interesting. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, the other thing that did happen is uh, Packers traded another corner, uh, Kadar Holman, who, right. who's an interesting guy, very athletic. He, he has some ball skills, but um, yeah, he got traded away down to the Texans where we, we make our trades. Yeah, and, that's where everyone trades, yes. Um, so we already have... And there was, I think it was Andy, Herm, either Andy Herman or Bukowski today said, I'm surprised the Houston Texans didn't give up a first-round draft pick for him. <laughs> well, a lot of people were... I forget who it was today, too, on that, but they're like, well, we got their sixth-round pick and Cobb, and now we've given them Kadar Holman and got their seventh. Yes. I mean, it's not that impressive. It means that we didn't think too highly of him, but he, he can go somewhere... And I think he could be good at some point, but he's going to have to be really brought along a little bit. Um, He's definitely got the talent to play. And, you know, we talked about this with quarterbacks just a little bit. Like, you can have the ability to play, but being actually in the position that allows you to showcase those skills Mm. and also, like, not, you know, face something that's going to possibly ruin or end your career is key. So... With quarterbacks, right. it's getting hit. With cornerbacks, it's getting embarrassed too much early mm-hmm. and just losing confidence in yourself. Because cornerback, yeah. you have to be, you know, like Jair, you have to be that just personality out there, that Deion Sanders right. type of mindset that you're going to do this and nobody's going to beat you because they can't. Right. And at least Packers got some from him because otherwise he would have just been cut or they, there's no way he would have made it onto the practice squad or whatever because he's just a little too talented. Someone would have picked him up yeah. on a roster spot. Um, so at least Packers got something for him. That's, yeah. Yeah. The one other thing we'll say about the Packers is uh, Matt LaFleur was not calling plays for the preseason game. And the biggest thing he's apparently noticed is sometimes during the preseason they're doing the wave when the offense is on the field. And this is a big deal. And, you know, you should be quiet when the offense is on the field. Somebody was trying to say the Packers is actually one of the other Packer people I follow saying, like, it makes you seem like a bunch of casuals to be doing that. I was like, well, first off, it's a preseason game and no one cares. Cares. <laughs> um, secondly, have you gone to games in other places? Like, they they have things on the, the scoreboard saying, like, offense at work, be quiet. You're like, yeah, we know. What? But. That happens in a lot of places. People just want to yell about stuff, and they get super excited about football, especially with your offense on your field. You still get excited, and 
Packers fans have been pretty good about this, but yeah, you know, you shouldn't do the wave when it's on the field, but this has been a bugaboo for LaFleur because he mentioned it now twice in press conferences since the game on Saturday. So it really got him. He's really unhappy about this. So, you know, well, if it, it fits right in there with the uh, Lambeau field, don't stand up during the game crowd. So, yeah, that's, and that's more of the, um, from right here, it's the, you know, the gold package ticket people. And they're, so there are people are upset that they don't like you standing, but I don't know. I, I guess they also scream at, they also scream at the clouds when they go over top of the stadium during the game too. Cause that might, you know, <laughs> one of my favorite th- scenes this weekend was actually watching the bears game and, uh, Mitchell Trubisky just owned the bears defense for some reason. Just, yeah, he did. just God, killed I did see, I did see that game. Yeah. <laughs> Someone was like, you should see what Trubisky is doing to the bears right now. And I'm like, I will watch this. It was, it was amazing. It was very weird. But the biggest part was they went down and they were going to do a two point conversion and the blue angels flew over the stadium right before the snap. And he just called timeout, which was brilliant. <laughs> that was actually a yeah. really smart yeah, call. Smart play. Not to risk a bad snap or people not knowing the snap count or not hearing him say the snap or whatever. Yeah. Just he got right into it. And, uh, yeah, and like, maybe, maybe Mitchell, maybe smart. Mitchell's a good quarterback and the bears are just a terrible organization. Who knows? Who, Anyhow. Who knows? We'll <laughs> hey, out. by the way, so uh, speaking of fans getting out of line, uh, so you've been to Brewers games. Absolutely. And it doesn't happen as much anymore, I've noticed, but the Ric Flair woos, you know, <laughs> yeah. woo! Okay. Yeah, that, that got out of control during the eighth inning yesterday, just so you know. Oh. And I was part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked. Yeah, so I was shocked. really loud. <laughs> I think I got Juan Soto to hit into that grounder at the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Cause that was a really loud one. <laughs> That's fabulous. All right. Um, my kids, my kids thought it was funny. Holly thought it was great. I'm sure. <laughs> there you go. Was. That's really Everybody all else was laughing around me. They thought it was funny too. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's really all that matters. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to give a quick rundown just because, <laughs> You know, we, we should have something. We don't have another actual Badgers game for two weeks now. So next week mm-hmm. we can start getting ready for Penn State, Wisconsin, which will be in Wisconsin and Wisconsin currently favored. So we'll see how all that goes. But just giving an idea of what this this group is going to look like. Um, obviously, we're all um, Graham Mertz is starting. Jack Cohn is now the starting no. quarterback for the uh, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So they will play this year, and it will be Mertz and Cone, and that'll be that'll be very interesting. Hey, yeah, good go for Cohen. Good for Cone too, by the way. Yeah, like, nobody here is good... is against him. Like everybody here, no. love that dude. Yeah, no, we all did, but you know, it, it was the right decision made by everybody. Graham Mertz is the real deal. Yeah. Um, I, I think <laughs> we saw it once. <laughs> yeah, um, COVID kind of screwed up that. But season. Cohen, but Cohen, good for him. Got in with a major program as their starting quarterback. You know. Good for him, too. Yeah, and it, it'll be a good, <coughs> similar type of offense. There'll be some running. They'll have a good tight end and a decent offensive line, and they'll protect him and give him the opportunity to do, you know, Jack Cohen things. Yeah. Uh, is it, is yeah. With Jack Cohen, it's kind of like uh, um, Travis Shaw. Do you see that he walked off a Grand Slam today? 
out in Boston. I, I, did I didn't even realize that the Brewers had waved him, and then all of a sudden he's hitting well, grand slam, grand slams for the Red Sox. I think you, you know? misspoke. I think at some point you said like, "Oh, we picked him up." No, no, no. He had been picked up from the Brewers on waivers. We had right. placed him on waivers, and yeah, the Red Sox picked him up off and waivers. So, yeah. and, and I didn't catch that because I assumed he was still on the DL because that nasty dislocated shoulder that he got early in the season. And yeah. then he's hitting home runs for Boston. He just bounces back and forth between Boston and Milwaukee. It's cool. <laughs> he's yeah. in the back some point. Yeah, we're doing all right, though. Right. Uh, running backs, we're going to see Jalen Berger back. And uh, Ches Malusi is going to be the guy who's going to be interesting as a, a another guy who's going to get a bunch of carries, I think. Hmm. He's the transfer from Clemson. Um, fast guy, right. shifty guy. Could be interesting to see. He had... Uh, 427 yards and six touchdowns in the last two seasons over in Clemson. Mm -hmm. So the two of them are going to be good. Um, They really held Jalen Berger back a little bit last year and trying not to over, you know, give him too many carries as they went. But that was, it'll be interesting to see. The receiver group is going to be something to look at. Kendrick Pryor and Danny Davis back for that, that extra year because of COVID and which is good because Danny Davis was hurt pretty much the entirety Mm -hmm. of last year. Um, Yeah. Shamiri DK coming back as a sophomore, getting a chance to you know get a year under his belt and and get in there. Devin Chandler is a uh, I believe redshirt freshman who's been doing very well in camp so far, and he'll be he'll be interesting to see because he's going to get snaps. Um, and man, Jack Dunn is back because there, he wasn't going to the NFL. He may as well get another year of free college, right? <laughs> it's just this is not right. a career for him. And of course, we know the top you know pass catcher is still going to be jake ferguson who i don't know if you knew this is related to barry alvarez oh is he really yeah i didn't realize barry crazy. alvarez had a had a, a grandson on the team no way yeah I'd i didn't even tell you it was a grandson not i'm once. amazed you knew that <laughs> not once is it his grandson or his nephew i'm not sure is, yeah, which one grandson. is it yeah i've never heard of this guy before <laughs> uh jack eschenbach and hayden rucci are going to be behind ferguson and that could be those are going to be some interesting names coming up in the next year or two Offensive line is the offensive line. There's three seniors likely to start right now, as it appears. Uh, Tyler Beach, Josh Seltzner, and Logan Bruss. Logan Bruss is the real deal. He's going to be good. Joe Tipman seems to be taking snaps away from Caden Lyles, who is a senior at center, but he's looked very good. Um, he's a, I believe he's a, no, he's a true sophomore, I think. Uh, and then Jack Nelson is a freshman looking like he's getting runs with the ones right now. Uh, guys in that line depth who are going to be good to look for in the future, Trey Wedig and Logan Brown. Logan Brown is going to be, he's going to be all big 10 at some point. Uh, he's a sophomore right now, big kid out of Ohio. Yeah. He's going to be fun to see, uh, in the next coming years. Defense is still going to be just insane. Um, we still had Keanu Benton who just came on strong as a true freshman at that nose tackle. He's still there as a junior Isaiah Mullins, Matt, uh, Henningsen. Uh, out there at the ends, Bryson uh, Williams hanging out there at the nose tackle. He's a senior now. He's a guy who we stole from Nebraska, and he hasn't been as good as what Benson's been, but he's he's very very good. Still got uh, Nick Herbie coming back. Is as we said before, only Wisconsin could go to Hawaii and recruit a kid named Herbig. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, he's from Hawaii. His name is Nick Herbig, and it's just it's just so fun. Noah Burke's coming back for his senior year here. That'll be the the outside backers. Isaiah Isaiah Green May is going to get some play out there too, and so will Spencer Lytle. Um, that that gives them a little depth. They're going to rotate some guys there in those outside backers. 
of course, having Jack Sanborn and Leo Chanel coming back <laughs> at your inside backers, that's insane. That linebacking core is crazy. And the entire defensive backfield starting for all seniors, Caesar Williams, Fan Hicks, uh, Colin Wilder, and Scott Nelson. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you got to feel good about what this this team looks like in the build. Uh, Torchio has been looking good back there at that safety spot as well. Um, yeah, I I feel good about this. We'll get more into what we're expecting next week as we start actually building into it. We don't have a whole lot for like Aaron doesn't have a take on depth chart or these guys right now. I'm taking it, but no, no, no. I was I was actually I was actually just looking up. Uh, first of all, uh, Ches Malusi. Oh yeah, yeah. Played, oh, yeah. with, played with Amari Rogers at Clemson. I oh yeah, yeah. Put that put that together, and I was just trying to figure out because I think we talked about him a couple weeks ago when they got him, or was probably what two months ago. Yeah, a couple months back when he a couple when he months ago, and uh, of course he was behind Travis Etienne. Etienne is that how we say his Etienne. name? Right? Etienne. Etienne. Yep. So I mean, that's who he was who's in front of him for the last couple yeah, of years. The all-time all ACC rushing leader. Right. So, I mean, you're kind of stuck behind that dude. And then uh, I think they're starting running back this year is this wrencher kid. So I, I don't think so. Let, let's just let's just yeah. be honest for one second. There's Alabama oh. and there's Clemson and then there's everybody else. And so yeah. I think, you know, like it's the, the, he's buried. And maybe even if he would have gotten a shot to start this year, you know, it was just like maybe he didn't want that pressure and get out of there. And, you know, I've wasted two years at Clemson. Let's go play for Wisconsin. They seem to do well in the NFL too. Cause that's, you know, what do we put in the NFL linemen and running backs? That's what we do. Yeah. And tight ends. So, and I, and by, and by we, I have no affiliation with Wisconsin whatsoever. I have never went to that university. I've never, <laughs> I've been to like three games at Randall <laughs> camp Randall in my life. And that's about it. So, but anyways, We'll, I see. We'll have to get you there for the, a game. The we, as in Wisconsin, as in the state. What so, we yes. do. Yes, yes, yes. Anyhow, that's just our little update, just so we have something here. And next week, we'll start getting more into it, though, because this is our last weekend here. Well, this coming week, we're starting college football coming up this next yes. week. And I believe we've got, I believe Nebraska plays Illinois this week. So that'll be yes, terrible. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> terrible. No. Terrible. Yeah. And meanwhile, Nebraska is getting investigated for breaking rules on COVID, on having hired more, uh, was it the analysts than they're allowed to per NCAA rules? And also, also holding secret practices to ensure, specifically to make sure that they were out of view of the people making sure they were following protocols. Oh, Nebraska, like acting like they're under so much pressure to succeed because they've sucked for so long. Well, I love the one of my favorite quotes on this whole thing was, uh, it was this like, you know what? They were cheating and finished three and five. Like what? <laughs> so, oh, I heard I, I was listening to something. I have no idea what it was the other day, but it was uh, someone was talking about Nebraska. Oh, they're talking about the demise of the Big 12, how like the Big 12 oh. is pretty much on the ropes right now. Yes. Like. It's, you know, well, they're, the, the, the teams SEC that are left taking... in the Big 12 now that, uh, what are the other two teams that are going to the SEC now? Uh, Texas and? Texas and Oklahoma. Texas and Oklahoma, which means they've lost Mizzou as well and uh, A&M. 
And so A&M and in Colorado went off to the Pac-12, and Nebraska 12. went to, to the Big 12. And so yeah. now it's, you know, they picked up Texas Christian. And mm-hmm. so it's Texas Christian, Texas Tech, Baylor. Sister Christian? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Baylor. Motor ran right on through the night. All right. Sorry. Uh, Kansas, Kansas yeah. State, Iowa State. Is it a six-team conference right now? I'm trying to think if there's anybody else even in there right now. I, I don't know. And, of course, it, it makes perfect logical sense for Iowa State to come over to Big Ten and probably the Kansas ones as oh, well. Oklahoma but, State, yeah. sorry. Yeah, Oklahoma State's but, still there. I'm trying to think if there's another Texas school. In Texas, Texas Tech yeah, so, is still in the Big 12. Yeah, so Texas Christian, Texas Tech. Where's Baylor? Baylor's in Waco. In down in Texas, um, but I mean, which conference are they're they still, in? They're still they're still there. They're still the, okay, yeah. In the Big Eight again, uh, <laughs> so oh, that'd be great if they picked up SMU and went back to being the Big Eight. That'd be fun. Yeah, and then they could add uh, UTEP and UTSA, and yes. Uh, the the other thing is the Big Ten, yeah. the ACC, and the Pac-12 are announcing an alliance, and. Mm-hmm. You know, Feinbaum hates it because he is the biggest SEC shill in mm-hmm. history. Um, basically, just saying, well, if the SEC, if you guys could just be better like the SEC, you're like the SEC doesn't have schools in it. These places have universities, and like, yeah, everybody hates the SEC because um, they don't have to play by the same rules as the rest of us. They just don't because that's mm-hmm. all they've got. And yeah. I mean, it's just whatever it is. But the other conferences are tired of the SEC trying to find ways to like bully them around. So they just got together and like, you know, forget you. We I mean, don't care so, about so you. So what's, so what's, so what's the plan then for all these SEC Bobos? Like, do you just want the SEC to be the only conference? No. Or would you like to have other conferences to play? No, like, they don't I want mean, to do that. Yeah. Their eventual plan is to take Ohio state and you know, <laughs> that way they don't have to worry about losing to them every now and then. Um, right. Because, I mean, by the way, Ohio State did beat Clemson this last year. I mean, right. not even close. Oh, it was not so close. What I was going to say, though, is I was I was listening to someone trying to make a compelling argument. It wasn't compelling. But basically that Nebraska's biggest mistake was ever leaving the Big 12 and going to the Big 10. Nah. And it was, was like, great. no, no. It, it was literally this dude going on for 20 minutes about, I don't even, I don't even remember. It was on some sports talk station, obviously. But it was a weekend show, like one of the national ones. And it's like Nebraska's biggest Nebraska's biggest problem is that they ever left the Big Twelve. They should have no. stayed in the Big Twelve. They should have stabilized the Big Twelve, and they would have had success in the Big Twelve. Instead, they went to the Big Ten, where they've been ostracized. And it's like, no, they sucked yeah, for twenty bad. years. They're just they they had they had a you know they came over with a pretty good team. They mm-hmm. had some rough recruiting um, just for a couple years there, letting go the one coach and bringing in just nothing for a bit there didn't help either so um yeah yeah but now they got the national championship coach so that's good yeah and by the way he's only ever had one winning season as a head coach i mean you yeah. all remember that one season but the yeah, year before he won the that, national championship yeah the year before that though they were a losing team yes. and then he's had three straight losing seasons at nebraska it's hard to recruit even with that ring walking in as a coach of a losing team mm-hmm. so yeah We'll see how that all plays out. Um, let's get into the Brewers, though. As we, oh, yeah. We're moving through yeah. time here. Uh, the best part about this week is, of course, we, we got another series win. Um, yeah. And you know, getting the Nationals, you were at the game. 
Um, yeah. It's just been it's been a, a good set of games here again, getting a chance to beat up on some teams that we're, we're glad to get the opportunity to beat up on, right? Right. Well, <laughs> the Brewers tried really hard to lose that one yesterday. I, 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 I'm glad I got to Hater pitch for one batter. He shouldn't have came down to Hater having to come in <laughs> with one out in the bottom of the ninth. Um, but anyway, so no, yesterday was a pretty sound defeat until that uh, late uh, late inning run or late inning flurry by the uh, uh, by the Nationals. Saturday was the return of uh, Christian Yelich banging balls out of the ballpark. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, um, save that one because uh, yeah, that first loss on Friday to the Nats just unbelievable. Just yeah, ridiculous. But it happens. That's I mean, you're more than likely going to win two out of three games if you're a winning team. So yeah. whatever. If it happens on the first game, the second game, or the third game. You know, usually if you win the first two games, you lose the flyaway game. Nobody really thinks too much about it. If it's the first game of the series, whatever. As long as they won two out of three, that's all that matters. Yeah. If you win two out of every three games, you're going to have the best record in Major League Baseball history. Yeah. So, I mean, like, they, they had the same thing with the Cardinals, but theirs was, like you said, the fl- the getaway day, right? So they yeah. had the, on Tuesday and Wednesday, I mean, good, solid games, um, getting a 2 nothing win and a 6 nothing win. 6-4 win, pardon me. But yeah, they had a 4-1 lead against the Cardinals in that Thursday game and then just watched it slip away. Uh, Woodruff, for just oddly, like Woodruff gives up the big inning and then they just kind of walked away towards the end, made it from 4-1 to one to 4-6 to six very quickly and then, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, ends up being a 4-8 to eight loss. But you make up a game on the Cardinals, uh, you were 11 ahead. Now you're, no, I'm sorry, you were 10 ahead, I think. Yeah, 10 ahead. We were looking Correct. to get to 13, but we only got to 11 ahead. And then take two out of three from the Nationals and get today off Monday the 23rd as we record this. Mm-hmm. Coming up here, Aaron, three games at home, the, the, mm-hmm. a really short home stand where they get three games at home against the Reds. These are important. Uh, it'd be really big to to win these ones this is the last series against the reds yes even though it seems like they're the only team we've played for about two months now because <laughs> remember we played them before the all-star game before and after, after the all-star, all-star break, game yeah. and it gives uh, hey uh two thoughts about two thoughts about that cardinal series before we move on yeah, yeah. um best meme i saw this last week was uh, a meme of tyrone biggums from the dave Chappelle show <laughs> and said cardinals be like you got any more of those pirates or royals? <laughs> nice. No, not uh, there. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. Currently, no. though, the Brewers are sitting seven and a half ahead of that Reds team, right. and right, no, and that's that's it right now. Getting to eight and a half would be very good if you can take two out of three against the Reds here at home to finish the season series with the Reds. Yeah, make it harder for them to chase you. Um, start right, well, that's away. The, that's the team that that's the team to beat right now too. So like, and it's it's like you said, the last chance to beat them one on one. We're seven and a half, or I keep using the Royal We. Uh, the Brewers are <laughs> Dude, seven and a half ahead of the Reds. So you know, if you if you take a series two games to three, you gain a game. If you you know, if you sweep, you gain three games. It'd be nice having a, a ten game lead on them. <laughs> That would you be know, fantastic. Into the yeah. rest of the season, uh, if you don't ever have to play him again. But uh, uh, the the Reds have kind of been the Brewers' bugaboo, um, and yeah. the Brewers are playing at home, where they have a worse record at home than they do on the road. <laughs> so uh, 
there's that going on too. I don't know. I, I, I would like to see. Yeah. I'd like, as long as they win the series, that's all that really matters you know, at this point. So. Yeah, no, that yeah. would be fantastic. It'd be the best thing. Just getting this and being able to walk away from this series, still having that lead. I mean, the season's starting to get short now, so it mm-hmm. would be good. Um, 12 games clear of St. Louis, who right now is outside looking in. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we should have put them back a little further, but we just didn't get that opportunity. Colton Wong yeah, has been... I'm, I'm not worried about them at all. You know what I am happy about, though? You know how far back the Cubs are right now? 22. 22, 22 games back. 20, 22 games, and we are uh, not to September yet. <laughs> they are already guaranteed a losing record. They have 72 losses. <laughs> Fox track, Tango. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No, I got to get to 82. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. Uh, they need ten more losses, and they'll they'll get to a losing record. I'm pardon me. Uh, they they will have a losing record. Yeah. Oh no, that's coming. That's coming. Oh, it's gonna be so good. <laughs> <laughs> the pirates. The pirates are one loss away from ensuring a uh, at least five hundred or worse season. So even with trading away everything, they're gonna end the season as a like you know top seven salary in the league or whatever. Oh god. And yeah. they're gonna have a losing record, and you're like, yep, you guys messed that up. <laughs> What I love about this Brewers team right now is their ability to kind of somebody's going to pull them up, uh, whether it's Yelich recently having the big games. Colton Wong has been on a tear for about a week or so, a couple big home runs. He had the home run and a triple in this last game here. Um, mm-hmm. Those were just, yeah, he, somebody's been, he, he got home on a pop fly in foul territory, not, not a deep fly. A pop mm-hmm. fly in the infield caught by the first baseman, I think, or was it the catcher? No, it was caught by the catcher in foul territory. And he went home <laughs> and scored. It was oh, so good. Because yeah, if it was a catcher, that makes sense because nobody ever covers home plate. Somebody had to run home and try to get to the plate and, yeah. and get there before he could get to the home plate. But yeah, just took right his, off. His, his, his two-run triple yesterday was exciting. Like, he really mash that thing down the line. Yeah. Colton Wong in games I've been to this year, uh, three home runs, two triples, and four doubles, by the way. <laughs> he has been on fire when I'm at games. Like, And he, of course, he, he had two lead two leadoff home runs now, yesterday and uh, against White Sox, too. Yeah, and him stealing second base and then literally stealing second base was kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh my God! The two runs they scored in the what was it seventh inning yesterday when Yelich hit into that ground ball and then they overthrew home plate. <laughs> yeah, it was that was nuts. Yeah, that was a it was a yeah. lot of you know you're a good team when the luck starts rolling your way like when things like that happen. That should have been a double play that Yelich hit into. Instead, good teams get the breaks. You make your own luck. Good luck. Good luck comes to teams that are that are good, and it's. Yeah. It was really fun watching that team yesterday. It's been fun watching this team all year. Like they've got, there's something about them. I don't know what's going on in the NL West with the Dodgers and Giants. They can't seem to lose, and the Brewers can't catch up to them. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, it's it's the Brewers, the Dodgers, and the Giants, and that's it. I mean, yeah. And the thing is, the Brewers. Well, the Brewers got to have some nice games against Arizona, but the Giants and Dodgers get a lot more of them. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten the Cubs, so I guess it kind of washes out that way because the Cubs have been bad, though not Arizona bad at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Brewers will also, before we talk again, get to play the Twins uh, in Minnesota. Of course, the Twins, the Twins took two out of three, I think, at the beginning of the year. So it, 
the Brewers well, the twins, need to the find twins a way to have get been this. playing the giant killer role here lately too. You've seen that. Yeah, I mean, after like they st- haven't after sinking, haven't been particularly good this year, but yeah, but lately can't look past that team. They have yeah, the ability to win. They, they beat the uh, they beat the White Sox two games out of three. I think that's what it was. Was it the White Sox? Yeah, I think so. Because yeah, the no, White Sox have kind the of fallen down. two out of three. Oh, okay. I know the White Sox have kind of fallen back a little bit here. They were they were on a really good tear, and they've kind of fallen back. So Brewers got a lot games. of home games next month. The nice thing is Brewers, September, after we get past the Giants in San Francisco, they're going to be playing cards at home, Phillies at home, uh, four games against AL teams. Four games against AL teams, and then Cubs, Cardinals, Mets, all at home. And then Cardinals on the road, and yeah, it's. And I think Dodgers to end the year here too. So yeah, it's going to be this next month could be nice, and hopefully they can just keep things rolling. Get a chance to have Burns starting the game to start off Burns. a series against uh, against the Reds, and hopefully that uh, can get us off on a good start here and a on a good roll. Um, the only other thing is obviously the Brewers have a new minority owner. Uh, he's yeah, I don't know what percentage he owns, but Giannis owns. Some of the Brewers, um, Aaron Rodgers owns some of the Bucks, so I imagine Yelich needs to be gifted some uh, some shares of stock in the Packers. Just so yeah, I was going to say that's the way we that close works, the yeah. loop. We got to close the loop of <laughs> MVPs owning uh, owning parts of teams here, I guess. You better maybe we can give my uh, uh, um, uh, a, a chair on the. Uh, what would we call that? A chair on the board that uh, oh, doesn't do yeah. anything. What do we call uh, no, a, a ceremonial chair on the board where he just yeah. gets to sit there and yes, yeah, be fine. I think we should give it to Brawny first before Yelich. Yeah, he's not on the team anymore though. So yeah, I don't know. Either way, not yet. Uh, it's not happening. You see how this team is hitting? They don't no, need him. No, you. No, it's like we were talking earlier with Travis Shaw being let go because yeah, they, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, that, that's all that's the big news here. I'm just going to wrap up in some little things that I want to bring up just uh, at the end of this. And we're going to do that in a segment that we lovingly call Our Last Call. Time to look around and get your bearings. It's time for the last call. All right. This is our last call. Big thing. We had the red-white scrimmage for Wisconsin Volleyball. Um Looking good. They're like, hey, Wisconsin swept them. Yeah, you know, the red team mm-hmm. actually swept the white team, meaning that was a 25-21, uh, in the red-white scrimmage. Uh, Coach is very happy about how everything went there. Sophomore Devin Robinson stood out very highly. She was striking. She had 10 kills and was hitting a 474 uh, on the red team. Um that's that's a particularly high striking percentage. Only mm-hmm. had one error. Um, still getting good play from uh, from uh, Ratke. Uh, Ratke, or she's still back in there doing very well. This this is going to be a, another good team here. There was also a uh, a ceremony for uh, Molly Haggerty who who left last year. She's playing professionally now, uh, so they gave her a little ceremony and everything like that. And she was. It was very good. It was it was a great time uh, returning for that and and seeing her there. She did a lot for the state of Wisconsin in terms of women's volleyball and and building this team from something nobody thought of to you know a, a national championship contending team in the best conference in volleyball, where also 
you know, now they're going to put money into the field house to improve that facility so that people watching women's volleyball have a better facility to be watching in. So that's going to be really good. I want to tell you just this in terms of looking at Molly Haggerty. Uh, when you do that, I get the Google like people also asked, is Molly Haggerty married? Um, and then it says, like, does Molly Haggerty have a sister? Those are two of the four questions Google says. These are nice. other things people ask about Molly Haggerty. <laughs> Obviously getting a, getting a lot of um, interest from people around Wisconsin, apparently. But uh, she's, she's a fantastic volleyball player. She's, she's really, really good. And so it was great to have her come back for that and have her, her day in the sun. You know, I didn't even think of, I didn't even think about this either. So, um, I was, it, it, as you're talking about it too, like, uh, Badgers had participated in the Olympics, mm-hmm. um, because I was thinking how good they are, how good the uh, volleyball team is. Um, the setter Lauren Car- Carlini played for the, uh, Olympic team in Tokyo. Oh, okay. Sorry. Just thought I'd bring that up. Yeah. That's an. Like I said, they've had some um, some very good players there, and it's it's been a, a very good run these last two years, especially uh, getting to the finals twice there. So maybe this year will be the year they finally get that uh, get that championship. But it was not it was not to be, unfortunately. Uh, all right, the Northwoods League. For those of you, we we do like to randomly bring up some updates about this. Not looking good for most Wisconsin teams. The Madison Mallards. And the Wisconsin Woodchucks, though, are both tied for the lead in the Great Lakes West. Uh, as the season winds down, that's for the second half championship. They are each one game ahead of the Fond du Lac Dock Spiders, which is just one of the best names ever. Close. The, it's right up there with the uh, Rocket City Trash Pandas, of course. That is, yeah. But the Dock Spiders, and that logo is pretty God. great, too. Yeah, uh, Wisconsin Rapids. Well, you got to be from Wisconsin. To ba- was Wisconsin or Minnesota to basically know what a dock spider is? <laughs> even I mean, really, right? It's so good. Yeah, um, yeah. Duluth Huskies in second place. Lacrosse Loggers in third place out in the Great Plains East. Eau Claire Express in fourth. They've got a losing record. I mean, Waterloo Bucks are ahead comfortably in uh, in that division. That that one doesn't have anybody from here, but yeah. No, so those are the two conferences in the four conference little or four division. However, they've got it in the Northwoods League, who are still kind of pushing for second division championships. The uh, the Woodchucks and the Mallards are going to kind of go down to the edge here, and that should be fun to see. Mm-hmm. Mallards have walked right back into it be, on a two game winning streak. They've won eight of their last ten, while the Woodchucks have gone five hundred over their last ten. And that is why they're tied, because the Woodchucks had a, a, a decent lead there, obviously. And I've just watched it disappear over the last uh, couple weeks. So interesting how that all goes. Uh, we would also like to give you the little bit here and there with the update from the American Association of Baseball, where sadly the Milwaukee Milkmen have fallen to third place in the North Division. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Kansas City Monarchs still on top in the South Division, and that, my my, my friends, is a great name because um, that's just fantastic to give the homage uh, to the yeah. the original Kansas City Monarchs. But yeah, the Milwaukee Absolutely. Milkmen still fifty one and thirty five, but three games back of the Chicago Dogs, and a half game back of the Fargo Moorhead Redhawks. Jeez, that's a lot to say. I um, love it. Yeah. So those are just. Little things we're giving you here, just uh, other things. We, we, kicked, we kicked around doing that 
this weekend instead of going to a, a Brewers game, going to uh, Franklin and checking out uh, the Milkmen play. But uh, the 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 tickets were too good on Seat Geek for uh, the Brewers game <laughs> on Sunday. All right. At some point, I want to get to a Milkmen game, though. I really do. That does it sound sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. So anyhow, um, Aaron, did you have anything else to add in the our little last call segment? Anything? No, that's it. Uh, right. John, uh, good show. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with all the work you did for this week's show, John. All right. Let's rock this thing. All right. Thank you again, everybody, for joining us for another week of Talking Wisconsin Sports. Um, we appreciate having everybody come back with us. We apparently have a huge following in Virginia over the last couple of weeks. I don't no exactly way. know what? why. But uh, a lot of downloads in Virginia. Put that one together. Well, for what? a week ago, they actually, like last week, I think Virginia was out downloading Wisconsin. It was very strange, but whatever it is. We're just glad to have everybody who's willing to listen to. Wait, some where's Wisconsin ben, talk. that's where Benkert's from, right? Oh, maybe. Yeah. No, that um, makes sense. Yeah, I suppose. But anyhow, um, right? we're glad to have everybody here who, who who's uh, who's listening and downloading us and following us every week. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at NotSoHumbleHost. You can follow Aaron at Cheddar Talk, and you can follow this show at Pod. And remember, of course, whether you are on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. Hey, he's from Virginia. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at ScottyJohnny1 or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.